Hello, Tim. Hi, Brock. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this chat and discussing an industry and set of issues near and dear to both our hearts. These are certainly interesting times we live in, uh, even in an industry with as many ups and downs as this one. Let me dispense with some further formalities before we dive in. I'm your host, Brock McKenzie. With me today is one of Grant Thornton's energy and resource industry specialists, Mr. Tim Jackman. We'll be discussing some of the hot issues in the energy and resource space for the financial reporting period, which is going to be intense. Today, we will focus largely on the impact on resource companies and in particular exploration companies, which will potentially be the hardest hit by everything that's going on right now. So let's get right into it. From your perspective, what do you see as the major issues for 30 June financial reporting? The major issues are actually fairly consistent with previous years, but the challenges and intensity of effort relating to them is potentially at an all-time high. Uh, the more challenging market conditions are flowing through to the impairment testing requirements associated with carrying values of production, development and exploration assets, and of course, the company's assessment of going concern. No surprises there. Asset carrying values and going concern, typically hot topics every year. The indications are this is going to be an extremely challenging period. Yes, without doubt. The level of capital raised by exploration companies during the past quarter would point to this year's going concern analysis being more difficult. And of course, the macro environment will also see a number of exploration assets trigger full-scale impairment testing, which they may not have previously had to undertake. We also know from ABS data for release, released back for the March quarter that exploration spend had already dropped 20% in Australia. And this could reasonably be expected to decrease further as these conditions continue. This means many companies will have to further rationalise where their exploration spend goes, potentially triggering even further impairment indicators. Whilst I'm sure your advice is to ideally have approached the assessment of going concern and asset impairment testing before year end, we now find ourselves post 30 June. So what would your advice now be? Look, early addressing of the issues is always helpful, but with the environment locally and globally changing so significantly in such short periods of time, the assessment of going concern and the impairment analysis associated with these assets will likely need to be ongoing throughout this reporting period. Given the significance of asset carrying values and going concern, we cannot do justice to both of these topics in one discussion. So today, let's focus on going concern assessments and at the end, touch on some other hot topics. Yes, this is the most immediately pressing issue as it ultimately impacts the entire basis by which the financial report is prepared. The presumption is that even if contingent on future events, that a financial report is prepared on a going concern basis. If that basis is not appropriate, then the financial report basis of preparation will change, which impacts the values of assets and liabilities. I should stress that the situation I just described has historically been quite rare and getting towards worst case scenario, so it's probably best to focus on what companies need to be doing to avoiding that. Um, saying that, conditions right now are certainly challenging long-held assumptions around companies' ability to raise enough capital to keep the lights on, so we're expecting them to be potentially more common than previously. I agree. With regard to going concern, where should companies start? Uh, as with any financial reporting periods, appropriate planning and engagement is critical. Uh, look, this year is going to be a challenge, but due to the cyclical nature of various commodities in the broader sector, going concern is an ever-present issue for the exploration sector. It is just being more broadly felt this year end. Um, more advanced companies will likely also be facing issues with supply-side disruptions and project financing challenges. Regarding appropriate planning, could you maybe expand on that? 
Yep. Uh, companies that are dependent on regular capital raises to operate as a going concern are finding it more difficult than ever to raise capital in many instances. There have been some measures implemented to make capital raising easier in the current environment, with the main one being the ASX implementing some temporary changes, including increasing to 25% the extra placement capacity. Uh, energy and resources companies need to be as proactive as they have ever been in implementing strategies to preserve cash, and certainly our experience so far is that they have been. Tim, what are those strategies? Uh, well, look, it's hard to make broad sweeping statements. I do sense you're about to. Um, well, as, as we know, a lot of factors are at play here. So things like how many assets are in a company's portfolio, uh, prospectivity of those assets, capital position, permit expenditure commitments, the list goes on. Uh, but as a general observation, most companies we are talking with have had to further rationalise their exploration programs towards their absolute priority asset and are being extremely selective with regard to the timing and size of their work program. Uh, I guess that's why going concern analysis is often occurring in conjunction with the asset impairment analysis. Absolutely. Uh, the rationalisation of focus along with the commodity price declines and broader market issues can trigger asset impairment assessments. Uh, looking forward to that discussion. Back to going concern. More specifically, what are you expecting to see as part of the financial report final finalisation process? Uh, similar to the discussions you had with Michael Cunningham and your podcasts with him for the tech and life sciences sector, uh, the cash and working capital position relative to the commitments of the business are a starting point. Uh, from there, companies need to be considering multiple scenarios, the most obvious ones being reducing expenditure for administrative and exploration and development. I would also expect companies to be preparing a number of cash flow forecasts to consider each scenario and for those to be getting updated regularly as the situation evolves. The downside of this reduced spending is obviously slowing the advancement of the company's overall longer-term strategy. What other issues? As you know, many companies have debt instruments in place as well. Uh, correct. Uh, energy and resources companies often rely on an element of debt funding through convertible note structures or later stage companies will have more traditional debt financing for the development and producing assets. Uh, making sure that you're completely across the terms and conditions of those note and debt arrangements and the upcoming conversion features is essential. Um, and any renegotiations of debt instruments need to be dealt with from an accounting perspective, which isn't always easy. Uh, this could even include conversions of debt to equity, again an area which if occurred prior to 30 June ideally has been addressed early. And for companies focused on equity raising? Uh, the most recent quarter has been extremely difficult and a lot of companies have had to delay the timing of their planned capital raises. Um, it is a double-edged sword though as when capital markets become more receptive the competition will probably be greater. Uh, constant engagement with existing and potential shareholders, articulating their plans and getting locked in sources of funding have to be a priority. Tim, that's a lot to digest. I assume all of this will lead to additional disclosures around COVID-19 and going concern. Yes, it will. Uh, assumptions should be realistic and not overly optimistic or pessimistic. However, disclosures on uncertainties, key assumptions and sensitivity analysis will be important for users of the financial reports as well as information and explanations presented in the other reporting section of the annual report. Uh, we are expecting for these disclosures to be more comprehensive than ever, and the regulators have already flagged on multiple occasions that they're expecting to see specific disclosure on COVID-19 impacts in all financial reports, regardless of the level of impact. 
Uh, focus should also be given to the appropriate classification of assets and liabilities between current and non-current categories on the statement of financial position. Oh, wow. That's uh, a lot to absorb. And thanks, Tim. If we could uh, maybe touch on some other areas that uh, have recently changed relating to um, impacting this year's financial reports for uh, exploration and producing companies, that'd be great. Yes, we now have clear guidance uh, through the recent amendments to IAS 16 property plant and equipment now that income from mining operations still in the development stage should be booked as income instead of being applied against the carrying value of the assets. Also, we remind companies that ASIC will look at the market capitalisation of the company compared to the carrying value of net assets, often as a starting point for impairment testing of exploration assets. So that issue must be addressed by companies. Some great insights. Okay, it looks like we're about out of time. I should again remind our listeners of Grant Thornton's dedicated COVID-19 page. Tim, if people wish to contact you, how should they go about that? Uh, look, LinkedIn or email are fine. And uh, thanks again for having me. It's been great to be here. Yes, thanks for listening and encouraging everyone to like and share today's and other podcasts. And of course, feel free to send us a note regarding any topics that may be of interest. For now, goodbye and cue the music. <laughs>